another episode of the Lisa Ann Experience. I am here with you in your ears back again on Wednesday. And last week was so exciting after the release of my first podcast back from vacation. I mean, it was just great to hear your feedback. The solo episode was something I really wanted to do. And now I hear that you may want a solo episode every now and then. When big things happen, I will make that happen. When I have a good story to tell, I'll sit down with you one-on-one. And don't forget, we get to watch it together as a premiere on my YouTube every Friday afternoon at 2 p.m. So the podcast not only returns, but it returns with the video component available at The Real Lisa Ann on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe, turn on the notifications, as well as for this podcast. It really helps me a lot if you subscribe, rate, and review. So some friendly words go a very long way, and here we are. This is back to the standard format, little catch up between me and you. I have a guest today. I had a guest come in, a friend from the internet who have actually met in person, but we initially met on social media. Uh, he is here to read the mailbag for us today. The wild ride that we call the mailbag. But first, let's catch up. Two very big things happened in the past week when it comes to television. And I want to say television tragedies. Now I'm trying to get in on my TV watching before it's just nonstop NFL. It's already started during the day. It's camp all day, Uh, but it's always sports news all day. I fell into a show that a friend of mine recommended that I binge watched on Netflix. It's called Working Moms. Of course, the moms part kind of scared me because I thought it was going to be more about kids and moms, but really the characters were amazing. The storyline was amazing. And I just kept watching it. So I'd like watch a couple episodes tonight and I text my girlfriend and recommend it. Like the other show is awesome. And all of a sudden I get that message from Netflix where would you like to watch something else that's similar? Like I made it through every season. It was so jarring when it ended because I wasn't ready. I got so comfortable with that being my go-to show. But if you haven't watched it, check it out. It's incredibly funny. And then the second tragedy, Good Girls, it's over. And it was supposed to be moving to Netflix. So they were going on this continued story, which I would have watched forever. Uh, But the Netflix deal fell through and they had to abruptly end it. And the ending was last week. And I could not believe it was the last episode. It did end well. He now works for her. A great show if you haven't watched that. But two shows just, just ending on me like this, which probably the timing is good. I can be more focused on fantasy football podcasts and and training camp news and my podcast and guests and dudes do better and guests. So it's all good, but those are two shows I recommend if you're out there looking for something to fall into. Today, I have a very special guest, not only a friend of mine, content creator, inspiration, all the way around, just great human. Fun fact about my guest today, I've turned to my guest in some very important times. And one of those times I'm going to give away the guest right now, was during Alaska. So that's right. You know my guest today is Kay, who you can follow on all social media platforms at just the letter K and subscribe to Kay's YouTube because you will not regret all the urban exploring and all the incredible videos that she puts together for YouTube. Got to check that out. So make sure you go there. But when we were in Alaska, 
I had been on my second term as president of my HOA in Studio City, California, and things were at a boiling point. Now, I took on the responsibility of HOA president over just lackluster care for the building. My goal was to stay on board for about a year, a full term, totally a year, you revote every year. It's not like four years. Uh, and here I was just on this trip, which I had told everyone, all the residents, I'm taking my first real vacation, not a work trip, so just leave me be. And something went wrong while I was gone. I was getting these continual emails. Then I was in on the people fighting back and forth on these emails about me going on vacation. And I remember sitting in the lodge after we skied and I looked at Kay and I said, Kay, should I be doing this HOA thing? Like, is this really, is this really good for me? Is this a positive situation in my life? Did I serve my time? Because I feel like if everybody put in two or three years on their HOA board, then it would all balance out. Kay was like, does it bring you joy? Have you accomplished your mission? What else do you need to get done? It was that very moment that I realized my next meeting that I would be hosting. I would be stepping down from being the HOA president. And I did. And it was great because I was ready to prepare to sell my house. I did everything that I needed to do on the board. Uh, I, I recouped monies that hadn't been paid. I stood over workers as they patched holes that were leaking in the building. I was up on that roof with the roofers. I did everything that needed to be, but you can lean to your friends. And when you're inspired by somebody and you like the way they roll in life, I say those are the people, no matter what age they are, you should go to for advice. And I just did that. So I did that with our guest today. You can follow at just the letter K. Enjoy this conversation because I sure know that I did. Again, so glad to be back having magical conversation with my friends, the people that I've met along the way right here on my podcast, Lisa and Experience. And today, today is amazing. Today is Someone that has been like what I call the Swiss army knife of life, the most creative creator and human, my favorite person. You know her as just the letter K. Be smart and spell it out and don't get cute at the end with an A and a Y. It is just the letter K. K, great to have you today. Hey, I'm super excited to be on your podcast. You know, after having you on my podcast, like it's just coming full circle at this point. Yeah, and even more full circle, you are the producer of my podcast now. Now that it's back in my hands, my baby, you're training me on new software and new additions to the podcast, but we get to work together again. Yeah, and you know, even though we're across the country, like we're still making it work, you know, and I think that's the beauty of of kind of this past year and a half in COVID, we've all kind of taken everything online and we've been able to still figure out how to work and keep productive, especially you and I, like we've... We've just been talking about how productive we've been over the past year and a half. It's crazy. Yo, from the jump, I mean, I wouldn't have recorded my audiobook for the life if you weren't just chatting with me on the phone, like, hey, I knew I just got hired to like record these two audiobooks. I remember going to bed that night, not thinking about it, waking up in the middle of the night going, whoa, chaos to teach me how to do this and chaos to edit the audiobook. That pretty much killed like the whole month of May 2020 for you and I. Oh yeah, absolutely. It was awesome. Like I remember sitting down and taking that project on and I was so excited to, you know, dive more into your life's journey and, and help you through that process. And it was so fun, like helping somebody figure out how to, where to record in a closet, like just sit on the floor between your clothes, figure it out. <laughs> it's, it was amazing. I put that 
that foam stuff up in the back and on the door. And I sat in this chair right in between my clothes. It's not a comfortable situation. But what we were doing was we were making the most of our time when things were absolutely closed and we had no outdoor options, no external activities. And I think for myself and for you, tapping in was kind of really fun. I mean, you, not just a content creator, editor, producer, musician, uh, but a traveler and an adventurer. And so even though you weren't able to go out and do that, how great was it to go through the content you already shot? Wow. Like I tell you what, like getting to, cause I really dove into, uh, social media during the pandemic, like TikTok, especially, you know, I, I started posting content I had already made for YouTube and for Instagram on TikTok and, you know, saw over a million views on a video. And so that was a, a super interesting part of my, my journey as a content creator was to get on a new platform that really supported the community of like urban exploring, which is, you know, people that explore abandoned places for people that don't know what that is on your podcast. Um, and yeah, it was just super, super cool to be able to do that. Not only that, but like I wrote three albums during the pandemic for my bands, you know, like I just, I dove into creative work because like, what else was I going to do? <laughs> And it worked. I mean, it reminded me of growing up in Pennsylvania in the winter. The winter was when like I would sew, I would knit with my grandmother, we would bake. Like there were all these indoor things that we did to keep busy because you didn't want to go out in the cold. And this was just a longer, more extended version of that. But I want to kind of tackle one thing at a time. And let's go back to Urban Explorer. Uh, abandoned buildings, properties, places, Places that myself would be scared to go to, that you're not only brave enough to go to, you often go alone and shoot your own content. How did you start this journey and how did you build the confidence to be able to just A, not feel scared and B, be so on point with what you're creating solo? Yeah. So I remember as a kid growing up in Oklahoma, uh, my brothers and I used to go out in the woods behind our neighborhood and just walk for hours, just walk around and look at the trees and try to find things. And I remember we came across like it was like somebody had built a house in the woods without the actual structural foundation of a house. There was like a couch, a TV, a stove, a refrigerator, but no actual structure for a house. It was like they had just laid out like it was so strange. And that was my first time seeing like an abandoned anything, you know, just in the middle of the woods. It was super creepy. And there were like VHS tapes all over the floor. And so I, I obviously took one of the VHS tapes. I was like, I wonder what this is, me as an innocent 12 year old. And turns out it was a, a soap opera porno. <laughs> Oh, the best kind, the best kind. It was so boring. You couldn't even wait for the plot line. Then you realized, this is the plot. Oh, wow. I thought it was just really bad acting. Like, so when you saw that out there, did you go, did you go back to it? Like, was, was your curiosity peaked to keep checking on it? No, like that was the only time we did that. So like after that point, we like would go like, we found a tunnel under the road and we would like go under the tunnel and it led to like a farm. So we would just like explore this, this person's farm all the time and like hang out with their cows. And like, I mean, it was Oklahoma. So like we were super bored, but, uh, from there, like I, when I was 16, my family moved to the middle East and I stopped doing that kind of stuff because like, it was a very different environment. Like it was a different culture altogether. Yes. So I didn't feel like 
safe, I guess, to like walk around and like just do my own thing, you know? So I I focused on school. I focused on uh, photography and film and started working at a skydive drop zone. But to stay on the topic of urban exploring, uh, when I moved back to America, I came to California and I went to a photography meetup and met up with some people that were like, hey, there's they were talking about like abandoned places in Los Angeles. And I was like, "Ooh, this sounds super cool. So <laughs> I started exploring the abandoned places around L.A. And, and there's a lot. There's you. a couple hospitals you've been. To, I've watched your video in the hospital, but I, you know, I know exactly where they're. There's more than people realize and not just abandoned, professionally boarded up. No one can get into this or or hurt themselves. Just like straight up abandoned. Yeah. Like we recently went into uh, right off the 10 freeway, there was an abandoned SWAT training facility. So a friend Ooh. called me up a couple months ago and was like, hey, this this spot just opened up. There's no they haven't ported it up yet. The doors is wide open. Like, let's go check it out. And so, Whoa. yeah. So we went in there and they they had built out like uh, training rooms, like kind of like obstacle courses for like the SWAT team to like practice on like uh clearing a, a house or clearing a building whatever so it was seven floors so a seven-story building right off the 10 freeway and uh we we explored it for a couple hours at the end we went outside and there was like a burned out bus they had done training in and a burned out airplane they had done training in and so we were exploring wow. those and the fire department showed up and <laughs> they walked up to us and they were you like must have set off motion detector that was still on because it's such a fresh location being abandoned it's quite possible that it's still linked with something for sure or you know somebody had called it in like you know whatever or they just wanted to they had heard people were exploring it so they came to check it out so they asked us like what are you why are you here like this is a weird place to hang out and we we told them like oh we're photographers we like to document the history and I pulled my book out. I have a photography book about urban exploring. And I was like, I love that you had book. it with you, Kay. That is oh, such yeah. a great, like, yeah, it's like, this is my trump card right now. Okay. This is oh, absolute yeah. pro. It's a hard, it's a hard cover. Okay. It's an amazing book. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that like, uh, so I have a podcast about urban exploring where I in- interview other guests and I often ask them like tips for not getting caught. And they always say okay. like, if you have photo prints with you or a photography book, always bring it with you. Because that's oh. like you said, like a trump card. Like you can you can end up yeah. trading somebody. Like here's a copy of my book. Like I'm sorry I was here. Don't but give me thank a ticket you. for trespassing. Yeah, hey, don't give me a ticket for trespassing, and I'll give you a copy of this book. I'll even sign it. I'll even sign it. Exactly. So yeah, they were super cool, and they were like, "All right, just be careful. Like don't like be careful in the bus. You know, it's not safe. Blah blah. Like we know the spiel because we do this all the time." But their firefighters are m- like my favorite people. You know, they're absolutely incredible and. So they were super nice and they, they ended up going into the building after. And uh, so since then, that building, I drove past it recently. They boarded it up completely and it was covered in graffiti. Like it they was like the city would have thought it was an eyesore, <gasps> oh, right? Of course, it's L.A. It's LA uh, by it's LA. the 10, you said? Yeah, I mean, like yeah. everything there is graffiti. Right, okay? off, right off the 10, yeah. And so it was covered in graffiti and we thought it was beautiful, right? And now they painted the whole thing white. So it looks like a like a mausoleum basically it's just like a white okay. tomb it glows of this you're like it driving glows. the sun's reflecting like, off oh, of it yes. yes and so now we think it's an eyesore as like urban explorers we're like oh this hideous white building with no windows it looks like a coffin like what did they do to this place 
Next thing you know, it'll be a pottery barn. Oh my God. What are they doing to us? You know what I mean? It looks just like that. It's turned into an, a mini Ikea. Like, what are you doing? Oh my God. They wow, would put an Ikea there. <laughs> be perfect. It's amazing that you got in that window of now how it's great that you learn tips from your podcast. What's the name of that podcast for my listeners? Sure. It's called No Tracers. And that's also like my website for my urban exploring is notracers.com. Um, my urban exploring Instagram is no.tracers. Um, and the book is called No Tracers and Urban Explorers Diary. So yeah, everything is kind of under that umbrella of no tracers. I'm also wearing one of my shirts right now for my my show. It says leave no trace on the front. Um, and on the back, it has no tracers and big, bold letters. And I usually wear this when I go exploring. So people like know who I am. It's kind of like wearing your staff right. shirt. <laughs> sure. Sure. This is like wearing your Leonard. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. hey, I'm here. It's fascinating to me. And now we're seeing more and more properties open up. So when you're in, you're, you have friends that are giving you tips that are also doing this, this is where you're finding out something that you may have missed by 10 days and not ever been able to go in there. What about all the abandoned shopping malls and, and hospitals Ooh. all over the U.S.? Like, you know, there's so many of them now all over the U.S. Oh, yeah. There, especially malls, there's a lot of what we call dead malls, which is a mall that's almost abandoned and it still ha it has like one or two stores open. It's always like a Claire's and like a whatever, but it's it's always Claire's that like lasts to the end. I don't know why. Like, I guess everybody We're needs holding their on. earrings. We're holding on because everybody needs some super cheap earrings. Okay. <laughs> Claire's. I need some fake sequin stuff yep. right now. Okay. Absolutely. It's usually an accessory that you would get if you buy other things. But so your photography, you studied in school, um, and then you kind of tied the two things back together when you got to the U.S. How many other, I mean, you shoot so much of your own content, which is, I think, we should probably go back to how we first met. Uh, you were shooting behind the scenes footage. Holly Randall introduced us. Uh, it was in 2018, right? Yeah. Yes, yes. October-ish, yep. November-ish. Yep. Yep. And... I was fascinated by you the second we had time to have a conversation. And that was the, that was a day that was like, you don't ever work on set. So it was Holly convincing you. And then when Holly introduced, she's like, you're going to want to work with the, you're going to want to work with Kay. You're going to want to work with Kay. Flash forward in between then and now we've done some of the coolest shit going on trips, traveling, going to Alaska. I I've always been just so fascinated how you became so confident at your self shooting ability, especially how you use your GoPro and a lot of your YouTube videos. I know it's your GoPro because I know how it opens up because you taught me how to use a GoPro, but how'd you tie all of it together? Was there a lot of trial and error or were you just on immediately? Um, so, I mean, I've had a camera in my hands since I was a kid. Like I stole the family's home video camera and would film little skits in the garage, you know, things like that. <laughs> and then when, when my God, family I would love moved, to find those. Somebody get oh, me those. God. <laughs> they, oh, no, honestly, I think there's still like the tapes are still in a storage facility in Oklahoma that we have had for like 12 years that we haven't cleaned out. Like my dad and I, I need to like plan a time to go clean it out and just see what's in there. Because like, from where you, your world of sports, I have so many like sports cards and sports illustrated and like stuff that's probably worth some oh, money. Oh, you're probably one of those people that's sitting on millions. You're sitting uh, on millions in this storage. Uh, millions. You can have that one card that's worth like three million. What are you doing? Like, why are we talking about it? You should go right now. Okay. I'm sorry. We'll continue this podcast another time. You know, it's always the person that's like, 
they're cleaning out their grandparents' garage and they find this box of their dad's trading cards. This is a one card. They see the guys on the news like, oh, I got $3.5 million for this one card. To think if you didn't go through that box carefully, you may have thrown that away. So, yeah, I've I've had a camera in my hand since I was a kid. Uh, when we moved to the Middle East, I started documenting my daily life because I thought it was fascinating, you know, and we were traveling a lot to like Ireland and Spain and all these places. So I started taking more photos and more videos and then started daily vlogging on YouTube. So I did a thousand days in a row on YouTube. Oh. And I was also, yeah, yeah. A thousand days. That's like over three years, you know, and uh, I was so I had been in the Middle East, moved to Australia, was still vlogging, moved to California and then started going on tour with bands as a content creator. So I was like out on the road, also daily vlogging, also making content for bands, editing every night, uploading a video every day and doing the same thing for the bands. And then at the end of 2016, I finally sat down at my apartment when I got off tour, like the day after I got off tour and I told my viewers, I was like, listen, I can't do this anymore. It's unsustainable. It's unsustainable to do a video every single day. It doesn't make sense. I'm not making money on YouTube. Like I'm, I need to focus on my freelancing work more than I am on my own videos because like I need to make a living now, you know, I'm out on my own, like I'm not making much money as a touring videographer because this was back in the day before people knew the value of a content creator on the road. So, so I stopped daily vlogging and I actually had like a breakdown. I had like a mental breakdown cause I was exhausted and I ended up deleting like 900 of the videos. <gasps> you never yeah. saved them? Nope. I've been searching. I'm so surprised. I've been scouring my oh, hard drives. Oh, it's so sad. Okay. But something made you do that. And I can completely understand that. Something was a trigger where you were just like, I just want to erase this. I mean, it'd be great right now looking back if you had it. But at the same time, you know, you had a brilliant conversation with yourself. I call it like being pliable and knowing when it's time to pivot. You can enjoy something for a period of time and it's totally okay to say, whether you're making money or not, this is not bringing me joy. And it's not allowing, it's a distraction. It's not a focus. And when you first traveling like that, it was probably your companion. I bet you when you first moved to the Middle East and you started vlogging every day, there were certain people you look forward to seeing. You hadn't met new friends yet. You hadn't been out in the world yet. So with that, it went from being like a life preserver to then something that kind of suffocated you. And that can happen. Yeah. Absolutely. And if Absolutely. you don't address it, you're miserable forever. You just continue to do the same thing. It's like insanity. You know, you're just repeating. But then, you know, you're almost at 50,000 followers on YouTube, which is absolutely amazing. You can follow it just the letter K. What I love is the variety of your content. You do share your life, but not every single day. But to me, it's like I make all my friends watch your Urban Explorer videos. And when I saw the video where you were in a strip club in Denver, that I outside of Denver that I had been to like a couple of years before, and the place was just like stripper heel one still there, like office supplies, antacids. Like I find them so fun to watch. So you probably, and they take a long time to make. People don't realize you're watching a 15-minute video you are going through all these different shots you're trying to get. You're patching them together the way you like them. You're picking a very specific music. How long does it take from that day you go and do that exploring till you feel like you want to put that on YouTube? Yeah. So with that, it's like, 
it's like a three to four hour process to edit the video, find the music, do all that stuff. And, you know, I try to turn them around as fast as possible, but the more my workload is as a freelancer, obviously the more time it takes for me to get to my stuff. Like right now I'm sitting yeah, on like two or three urban explorations, you know, <laughs> exactly priorities. But uh, it was We're crazy. Gonna be, that- you gotta be adulting sometime, Kate. <laughs> gotta be adulting. Yeah, yeah. That that trip to Colorado, we hit eight places in two days, and that strip club was the first place we hit when we got there. Like landed, got in the car, drove straight there, went in, and like there was like a neighbor that was like, "Y'all been in there yet?" And we were like, "Well, we're about to go find out, like what's inside." And they were like, "Let me know." And we were like, "I bet." <laughs> <laughs> bet we make it out of here alive and there's no crazy people already living in there. What's the scariest experience you've had so far uh, when you're exploring? Um, So I, I've luckily never had anything too serious happen. I mean, I've like run into homeless people that are like, do you guys need a place to stay tonight? Like things like that, which is always a trip. You're like, no, nope, we're good. Thanks. They're not you asking know, like, you for money at least. You know, they're just yeah. like, hey, you want to shack up? <laughs> Yeah, you guys need a place to stay. But um, so in Downey here in California, uh, there's a really well-known place called the Downey Insane Asylum. And I went there. I've been there twice. Um, The first time I went was probably the scariest time, the scariest exploration I've ever been on. Because, like, the place is for sure haunted. It's for sure haunted. Like, any, any old asylum where, like, so they used to build like the town around the asylum. It had its own water tower. It had it was on this huge property. The caretaker had his own house across from the patients' wards, and like I, so I actually made a video about it, obviously, um, and put it on TikTok, and that's the video that got 1.4 million views in like a couple of days. And everybody was like, I on Facebook was were. like, oh my god, I was so excited. Everyone on Facebook was like this is so dramatic. Why are you being so dramatic? Cause I did this like creepy voiceover where I talk like this. And I was like, I don't know how the Downey city doesn't like clean up their mess, blah, blah, blah. Like it's so dramatic, but I mean, it worked. People loved it. And like, it got over a million views, you know? And, uh, yeah, that was the scariest exploration I've ever had. It, it, it was like, you would turn a corner and it would be like, the darkest darkness you've ever experienced in your life. And it was like tangible, like you could feel it. And it was like a void. It was so scary. It was so scary. Wow. That energy that's there, right? I mean, I don't care how much sage you go in there and burn. I don't think you're getting all that out of there, but your hospital exploration. I remember being so traumatized watching one of the YouTube videos where you had to like kind of break this glass to open this doorknob. You just put this like rag on your head. I'm like, OMG, like I am so weak. Like I could never imagine doing something. I was so glad you got in the room because the rest of the footage was so cool. Yeah, that place was actually, we got so lucky. So we spent, that place is super notorious in LA. It's a 17 story abandoned hospital. Now it's completely guarded by, by the police. Like you can't, there's no way in. (laughs) But we went through like the tunnels because like the bottom floors they use for like storage and for the staff to like go from one hospital, the old hospital to the new hospital. Okay. So my friend and I with our big backpacks on and our like urban exploring gear, we're walking past like (laughs) surgeons and nurses and like all these people 
to like get to the abandoned part of the hospital and we we were looking at like the blueprints on the wall like hmm, i wonder which staircase leads to the right floors that we need to get to right and eventually a security guard walks up to us because we look out of place obviously so he walks up to us and he's like hey uh what are you guys looking for and we like blagged our way through it we were like oh the classrooms on the fourth floor there's no classrooms on the fourth floor we just made it up and he was like oh here come here you can take the staff elevator and put his like key card in the elevator and the this like staff elevator opens up and we get inside and we push four and we were like okay when it gets to four we're gonna run we to get to the stairs and we're gonna run up the stairs and go to the abandoned part it's gonna be great no one will catch us and so the doors shut in the elevator and we're standing there for like 45 seconds nothing's happening and i was like bro did he just lock us in this elevator like are we about to get arrested like what is going on we were so scared and then all of a sudden if you've ever ridden tower of terror at disney it was like tower of terror <laughs> boom all the way to the top floor 16th floor ding the doors open oh my god oh my god we're there but we're whisper screaming because like we don't want anyone to know we're there <laughs> and so we we get out we step out and it's completely dark like it's dark it's like eerie the windows on the wall are broken out so there's like air right. coming through from outside and we're like up really high like a little bit of noise scaring the yeah. shit out of you because you yeah. hear something rustling because a big bring of wind just came through you like oh shit oh shit there's like a piece of plastic in the wind and you're like oh my god it's security we gotta go so we were in there would you Go ahead. We were in there for four hours. And the only reason we left was because my parking was about to expire. <laughs> it ain't no way, Kay, to get a parking ticket. Take that right now. <laughs> ain't no way. Would you consider yourself by chance any sort of an adrenaline junkie? Because this has to be adrenaline. Living it is one thing. But when you capture it and you get to edit it, you, you when you shoot something you love and you cannot wait to share it, I know that feeling. Um it's adrenaline pinching. Would you consider yourself a little bit of an adrenaline junkie, Kay? I, I definitely do. I mean, I my, my first job ever, I was an intern at a skydive drop zone in Dubai. So I would definitely say that I have an adrenaline problem <laughs> that I need. I need adrenaline in my life. And urban exploring is that perfect outlet for like getting that adrenaline fix, you know? And not only your adrenaline fix, but it really taps so well into your creativity, the content that you put out there. I mean, it's always great for me to watch someone's face the first time we go to your YouTube page and watch some of these videos because you can't explain it to somebody. Like, plus, most of us don't even know you can get into abandoned places. We just assume you're not allowed. So we've never even opened a door that says, like, closed. You know what I'm saying? Like, no umspa here. You know what I mean? I'm not a risk taker. If, you're, if there's nobody in the parking lot, I'm not going in. I don't even care if the girl that worked there got a ride, okay? I'm not going in, okay? It's just not my shit. You know me by now, okay? But for, you know, it's just, it's just such a fun outlet. And I love that you... Had that talk with yourself in 2016 at a young age, because you're young now to be able to be that, have your shit together. Um, it is sad and I will mourn the amount of sadness you felt for deleting those videos. Yeah, it was, uh, looking back now, I like really wish I had like say downloaded them first, but I literally in a panic was like, delete, 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 just gone forever. And YouTube sends you this little pop-up and it says like, 
Are you sure you want to? Are you sure? Forever? Because it's forever. Yes. Yes. And I was like, yes, <laughs> get rid of it. <laughs> Thank you. But yes. And then you're like, you were right. I didn't want to give it up forever. Can I go back? <laughs> and There's you no can't. going back, but you can't go back. And you and I will be creating not only this podcast together, but the forever amount of content that we will be doing. You've given me confidence. Like that Alaska trip we took was really the first time I could wrap my head around saying, oh, people are going to enjoy me doing things with clothes on. I can be uh, adventurous and share that side of myself. And what do you remember most about our Alaska journey? Oh my gosh. That was one of the, if not the coolest trip I've ever, cause I've always wanted to go to Alaska. You know, I have friends from there and like that train ride alone was like probably the, I, it's probably the coolest experience. I was standing up the whole time taking photos and videos of things just the whole time. The fact that when we were on the train from Fairbanks to Anchorage, everybody, we took a nice long trip to Alaska. We wanted to see the Northern lights, but we're still chasing. Uh, we did a lot of other cool things, but the conductor was so kind, letting you know what side of the train to look at if there were moose running through, just look like they're swimming gracefully. And at one point we realized we're going to have access with this. We're going to go and sit. They let us sit with our feet hanging off the edge at the highest point of all of the United States on a train, legs dangling over on a track like we would have disappeared like skydiving. If one of us fell out of that thing and I'm standing over you taking photos, you're standing over. I didn't realize that like that day I was just living it. But when I went back and looked at those photos, I was like, wow, that was crazy. If there was any that kind was of crazy. a shake, a bump, but nothing. We would have been that done That was crazy, for. but we loved it. But I, we would have been done for. The last thing I want to talk to you about is something that you recently did that I'm so excited that you are making so many big choices at such a young age. You're never going to live in regret. You're never going to procrastinate the things that you know make you happy. You recently had top surgery. Sure did. Sure did. Very happy about it too. How long did you think about it before you made the decision? Yeah. So the first time I heard of top surgery, I was 18. I was living in Dubai and my best friend there, Logan, was trans, but obviously he wasn't out as trans because we were living in the Middle East. His family was Muslim. Right. It was like this whole right. Right. Sure. thing. But he said, one day I'm going to get top surgery. And I was like, what's that? And he's like, oh, I'm going to get my boobs cut off, blah, 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 that whole thing. And I was like, oh my God, that's exactly what I want. Because I've been unhappy with my chest since I was, since I hit puberty, since I was like 14, you know? And so- when I was 18, I was like, I'm going to get top surgery one day. I'm going to do it. And so I decided because like, I wanted to be absolutely certain because it's life changing, you know, it's going to, it's a forever, it's a forever thing that you know, you're doing to your body. Yes. And so I decided to wait 10 years and, uh, make sure in 10 years, I still wanted to do it. So when I turned 28, I was like, all right, all right. I guess right before I turned 28, I got it for my, my 28th birthday basically. Um, so I, in during the pandemic, I met a gender therapist uh, over video chat, and we had a discussion about my options. And we came to the conclusion that top surgery would be the best option for me and my happiness and my uh, my like my life. So I ended up finding a surgeon through Kaiser actually because I have Kaiser insurance. So I did everything through Kaiser. And I was actually shocked to find that there was a surgeon there that specialized in top surgery. 
Cause I thought that I was going to have to go to like a third party plastic surgeon. Like most people do, but there was this guy uh, named Dr. Tuckler out here in SoCal who specializes in top surgery. And uh, I met with him a couple times, did the consultation, talked about it. And I, I had decided not to get nipple grafts. Like I didn't, I didn't want nipples. So I don't have nipples or anything. It's just, I just have a flat chest, whatever. Um, and so in, at the beginning of May, I had my top surgery and I've, the first time I saw the results, I like, we, we filmed everything. So when I saw my results, I was like blown away. Yep, I, I like gave my surgeon, gave my surgeon a fist bump and was like, thank you. Like you've, you've changed my life. Like, thank you so much, you know? And like, I remember a couple of weeks ago taking my shirt off at the beach for the first time. I played a concert with my band matriarchs and took my shirt off at the show for the first time. And like, it's, it's been an opportunity to be a voice for other non-binary people and to help other people who are on this journey to like find their way through it. And it's, it, it's given a lot of people the confidence to, you know, move forward with like gender therapy or the top surgery process, which has been really cool to have people reach out. And even people in the San Diego community, like reach out to me and be like, how was your experience? And even uh, somebody DM'd me on Instagram and said, hey, Dr. Tuckler is doing my surgery next Friday. I just wanted to see the results. You look great. I'm so excited. You know, like that is a great feeling. It's huge on every level that you took a step. I remember us being in my car and you'd brought this up to me a year or so ago. And I said to her, you have to do, I said, you, you have to do what makes you happy. And you've been thinking about this for a period of time and I'm fully behind it. I'm supporting any decision that you, this isn't an overnight decision. You made it cautiously and carefully, but now you have the rest of your life to live your life the way you want to live it, to be seen the way you want to be seen. And it's admirable. And it's, you know, you're at such a great age to connect with younger people and people older than you. And you're so relatable. Um, I was just so excited when you were going through this process. And I know it was put off a bit because of COVID, but, you know, you took this step and it was a big one for yourself. And I love that the second it was over, you already were like, yes, this is exactly what I was feeling that I would feel. And now you get to live that life exactly as you want to feel. And so, yeah, I wanted to talk about it because it's such a beautiful conversation. I love the post you made on your YouTube again at just the letter K. You know, this is not easy for a lot of people to have somebody to go to. So, so knowing that people will reach out to you, you know, strangers are more comfortable talking to a stranger about something like this than sometimes the people in their inner circle. And there's so much trust in that. When somebody comes at you with something, you just have to say, thank you for trusting in me and what you want to talk about and what you want to do. So I commend you for taking that big step and also for the way you've lived your life. You're such a hard working, dedicated, creative, but yet filled with joy and filled with happiness. And, you know, I love, I was just watching one of your videos the other day with your, the cats joining together and, you know, just so relatable and such a beautiful human. So, Kay, I'm really glad that I met you. I know that we're going to work together for the rest of our lives. And I'm so excited that you're doing my podcast with me, not just for this interview, but for all the production and all the posts and all the coolness. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on here to kind of, you know, kick off this, this new journey of branching out on your own uh, with the podcast. And, you know, I, I support everything you've done and everything you're doing. And I'm very grateful to be a part of your journey 
as a as a human you know i've been very very grateful to be not only uh work with you but also be a friend of yours and a confidant you know like it's it's been an honor and i'm very grateful for our time we've had together and i'm looking forward to doing many more crazy things like bringing you into more abandoned places like uh the good old penitentiary we went to in pennsylvania <laughs> i would be so scared okay i was scared to go there during the day like look one of my friends just invited me to eastern state penitentiary for their halloween party and i they, i don't know if i could do it it looks so scary i don't know if i could do it so i'm like i really like it there during the day uh but you know it does sound a lot of fun mckay thanks so much for joining us here on the lisa ann experience you can follow k everywhere at just the letter k i don't want to give anything away but i kind of do next week's youtube live at friday 2 p.m eastern time is going to blow your mind because k went the extra mile and added in some of the footage from the urban exploring that Kay does. So you're going to not want to miss it. When I got to preview the video, my mind was blown. I was texting her like, oh my gosh, she put footage in here from exploring. This is so exciting. Thank you so much for making this amazing. Uh, so you're going to love that just as much as you love this, which is the mailbag, the wild ride that is the mailbag segment of my podcast. I am joined by, you know him as Scrimp Daddy on social media. We play in a couple fantasy leagues together. We talk every day on social media. Jeff, I welcome you into the room right now to assist with the mailbag portion of the podcast. The mailbag is always just so anticipated. And this time I'm bringing it back in a little bit of a different way. I'm having even more friends come as guests to be right here with us to Read me these ridiculous emails that I get. If you want to join the fun, asklisaann at gmail.com. You can also ask a good question. Do not put your entire question in the subject matter. That really freaks me out. Learn how to write an email. That's all very important. But today we've got my friend, my fellow fantasy sports and sports betting pal, Jeff. You know him on social media, at Scrimp Daddy. How'd you come up with Scrimp Daddy, Jeff? Uh, it was, I think it was a joke in the beginning, the it was like, I think it was a playoff of the two short, uh, uh, two short song. Pimp daddy, <laughs> scrimp this, daddy. Yes. So. Yes. And you love to fish. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I don't know why I think scrimp shrimp. Like I kind of think there's something in that, you know, kind of thing, thing, thing. Okay. Let's get this party started. We have a nice detailed list of email. You know, I've carefully selected them for you, Jeff. You're used to this as a lister of the least and experience. So what do we got with the first email? The first one is from DVD Deluxe. Hey there. Sounds like I a scary your, email right there, right? I mean. <laughs> it, uh, I can Go tell ahead. it's it's going to come in hot. Hey there. I saw your profile online. You sound really great. Here's a proposal you would not expect, and I hope you won't take it the wrong way. Oh, boy. I'm looking for a girl to see, to see for a no-drama, no-strings-attached, fun-filled relationship. Dinners, shows, shopping, and play. I will spoil you with gifts, dresses, shoes, and pamper you with spas and travel, etc. I will also give you at least $3,000 a month as a token of my appreciation. I can get dates, but they all want something too fast and too soon, and that's just not for me. I am fine with a long-term relationship and monogamy. I just don't want to rush. I am single, good-looking, and in great shape. You won't be disappointed. I'm a busy film and television executive and don't have a lot of time, so this works. Maybe for him. It could be a win-win situation. 
If you are interested, let me know. I can send a pic either way. Thank you and good luck. T. Television executive who doesn't have a lot of time. This is really just soliciting prostitution through email, Jeff. Am I right with that? Your, I, do I, am I seeing this wrong? Should I be complimented, offended? Like to me, this is soliciting prostitution through an email for a very low price. It's definitely solicitation for sure. This guy doesn't realize I can go and make one night stripping $3,000 and be done with the rest of my 30 days of the month. But T, this was an aggressive first email. I want to come in hot. Also want to give Jeff the longest one to read first to get it out of the way. Yeah, T, this isn't how it works. Uh, you don't get to look at one person one way. I get it. I get it. There's there's people that do these kinds of things. I'm just not one of them. So you're barking up the wrong tree there, T. What do we got for the next one, Jeff? The next email comes from Sunny Nahid. Hello, Lisa. I'm your big fan from my childhood. I want to know how long you started your career as an artist. Regards, Sunny. What concerns me in the quick answer to this podcast uh, right here in the mailbag segment is the word childhood. Jeff, asking for a friend. Does any adult star want to hear someone tell them that they've been a fan since childhood? No. I find it hard to believe that maybe uh, Sonny is following me. He was young when I started fantasy football stuff in 2013. Could that be it? Could be he's been following your serious career. Sonny, I'm really sad that you were watching since childhood. I think there could have been other things you were doing with your time that would have been more mentally productive. But uh, I don't even want to tell him how long because I'm too traumatized by childhood. What's our next email, Jeff? Our next email is from Tim. Lisa, first of all, I'm a big fan and you are amazing. I need help dating. I have been on the dating sites and sent up set up profiles and I don't seem to get any attention. I consider myself a good looking guy who has a lot to offer. Maybe you can help me fix my profile or tell me what is wrong with it. I need all the help I can get. Thank you, Tim. So Jeff, recently a girlfriend of mine was staying with me that's on dating apps and I find them fascinating. Like if you give me a phone with someone who has an active dating app, I'm all in. Like it's more, it's better than a television show because it's all about the way you set up a profile. Now, I did find out recently there's companies that do that for you. They'll actually manage all of your dating app profiles. They'll make sure that all of your photos are from the same century. I see dudes with photos and it looks like you've watched them age over 15, 20 years. Like stop using the front open photo as the best photo you took in college when you're 47 years old now, right? And then they, they kind of change. Also, the quirky things people write I would think that putting up a dating profile, the best thing to do would be to go to your trusted friends, right? Your friends that would be cool and say, okay, I like this about you. I like this about you. I imagine setting one up is kind of hard. It's like writing a bio of yourself, right? So I'd love to help, but I think this is going to be a task for dudes do better. Um, I do want to take my girlfriend's dating app next time she's here. I want to get into her phone and I want to write like, 10 bullet point notes of what I think should take place in the photos. Like I like the photo a little further back where the person's traveling. You see some cool stuff. It doesn't have to be like right up in your face. Don't use the photo where you've cut out your last girlfriend's body, but her hand is still on your shoulder. Like you see so much weird stuff, but it's fascinating. And Jeff, for a woman, I'm amazed. This is like its second job with all the messages women get every day on these dating apps. It's like my direct messages, even worse. 
I can I can imagine. It's so crazy. Okay, let's go to the next one. I would love to help you with your profile, by the way, Tim. Make sure you're following Dudes Do Better, and I'll do a little infomercial about that. This next email is from Gordon. Nice and straight to the point. How can I take you on a romantic date? Yeah, it's just creepy. And when you add the word romantic, it makes it even worse. I mean, how can it be romantic with somebody that you don't have feelings for? Like, isn't romance about two people and the, the hearts are flying off of them like in the cartoons and they're just so in love with each other and that's romantic. Uh, with a stranger, Gordon, hopefully you listen to my podcast. Obviously you don't. This is a hard pass. This is a definite no. Jeff, you just did one of Giannis's amazing blocked shots that wow how many he had in this series we're blocking your shot gordon there will be no romantic date what's that jeff uh this next one is from zypha if i'm pronouncing yeah i right. think you did real well real well hi lisa i am a 21 year old medical student from karachi pakistan i have ambitions to make it into porn do you have any advice on how to start I have already sent my nudes and frontals to the talent agencies. Also, is it difficult for male porn stars to make it into the industry, especially foreign ones like me? I am also concerned about HIV. Could you give me some advice? Regards, Huzaifa. Jeff, uh, Huzaifa is a medical student. At this point, you're already on the come up. Why wouldn't you just stick with that? Why do you want to go? And also, as a medical student, he should be worried about HIV because he actually understands it and the other STDs that go along with it. I, I, you know, it's so different in other countries where education, college education is free. Um, because I think if somebody had the money to go to medical school here or could pass all the tests to get into medical school, they'd be pretty focused on sticking with medical school and not trying to get into porno. I think. Musafa should keep studying and should stay in medical school, don't you, Jeff? Yeah, and in that um, and in that profession, you don't really have a whole lot of time, if you, especially if you're a student, to to have any side activity. Yeah, no, just him getting a work visa in the U.S. is going to be a, a he have to do some ninety day fiance shit, and I don't think that's happening for Sue Musafa. So if you do listen by chance to this podcast, or if you do watch it on YouTube, which it's now going to be available every Friday at the release, and uh, you will see this answer. And this answer is be happy that you have the opportunity and the brains and the skill set to go to college, become, stay in medical school, become a doctor, help others. Uh, porn isn't that great for the guys. They don't make as good of money as the women. They have a lot more risk because they have to work more than we do. And all of that, not worth it. What's up next? We have an uh, email from Derek. Hello from Fan. I just got one question. Do you talk to fans on WhatsApp? I think I how someone posting as you on WhatsApp. Yes, Derek uh, did not use Grammarly. We know that for a fact, Jeff. Uh, Derek, I think, is the same guy that was in the Facebook Live earlier asking me about chatting on WhatsApp. Derek has fallen for an imposter, and it just probably hit him because they're starting to ask him for weird stuff like, iTunes gift cards and all this stuff. And he's wondering if it's me. So he's double verifying. He asked on Facebook today and he's asking right here. I'll say it again. I'm not chatting with you guys. I'm here doing a podcast. You can follow me on my social media, but obviously I don't have the time nor the desire for this one-on-one chitty chat chat. WhatsApp must be a place of madness because this is happening a lot. I thought you, Jeff, my friend who 
You actually enjoy to engage with imposters. Would you like to elaborate? Um, well, uh, it doesn't happen very often. I'll just randomly, I mean, they, they come in three, four, at least a week and I'll randomly pick one just to start messing. And I don't even think they're, they, there's like, I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. The language is so broken. It seems like there's five or six people operating each account. Like I picture it to look like an old school telemarketing phone room. And they're all just hitting out people, right? And then somebody's got one that's like, I got one, I got a hot one, like this one's live, right? And then they take over that conversation because when people have sent me things in the past, I think you sent me a couple like IDs, like nothing matches. Like you get one person's name who's like my assistant. Then you get another person's ID for like some cash app deposit. Like if you're foolish enough to fall for all of that, am I really supposed to feel bad? Right. And then when you tell them all day, that, every day, you know, I know what's happening. I know what's happening. Like in the chat, they go like, silent. I, I know what you're doing and they'll just say, okay. Yeah. That Yoko, cause you know why the phone room is busy, Jeff, and they're trying to find other fools to jump onto Sheila, who was in our YouTube lives all of June, sent a couple of emails and what surprised me about them, Jeff. And that's why today on Facebook live, I asked where Sheila was from. The whole email is in the subject matter. That doesn't sound very Sheila-like. Could this be an imposter? I was literally scrolling over to see if I'm like missing something. And no, it's, yeah, it's all. Do you feel that possibly I'm getting catfished on my own YouTube? Mm. Maybe some guys have realized I talk nicer to girls and that if they just pretend they're a girl, I'll be more friendly with them. That could be it. Although, yeah, I don't know. It's not even really. The question is. I was wondering if you do any journaling all in the subject matter, Jeff. Yeah. I'm going to write back to Sheila. I'm going to get to the bottom of this because I would love to know that I myself was getting catfished on my own YouTube channel. This would be like unbelievable, but I do journal. I journal a lot and I've started to really break the habit of journaling in a ton of different notebooks. I've started to really just use the notepad section on my phone. And you know, it's so easy because when you have a finished thought, a lot of times I'll be journaling And then I'll just email it to myself and then I'll turn it into a blog. So a lot of that is like my stream of consciousness. And, you know, the phone's easy because you're like in the bathroom doing something, you have it, you know, you're in the kitchen, you have it. So it's, I'm starting to use more of the tools on the phone and less paper. We got one more, buddy. One more. All right. This next one and final one is from Mike. Hey, Lisa, I loved your first book. Finished it in five days. What made you want to put a second book out? Those of you interested in doing what Mike did and finishing my first book, you can get it on my store, thelifelisaand.com. And for the summer, I have summer 2021 at checkout as the code for you to take advantage of free shipping. Really, it was reading the audiobook, Jeff, during the pandemic, during May, sitting in my closet, uh, recording my own audio version of the first book. And I was already in the works. I really wanted to put a second book out. But believe it or not, spending that month reading my life story and what I had put on paper really inspired me of like the missing links, how much I've changed since then. Like I don't even feel like the same person. Um, and so it gave me more material because I was able to look back on it and realize how far I've come, how much I've changed, how great it is to accept change and try new things, whether they succeed or fail, you got to try them. And so that's what made me do it. The book will be out in December. I'm hoping to have pre-copies available for just my people from my store. Jeff, of course, you're first on that. You've bought more of my books than anybody as gifts for friends and just, just, just so great. But 
I'm really excited about it. I approved the cover yesterday. I love the artwork. I paid homage to two different friends in the artwork of the box of the book cover. So when it comes out, I'm able to tell them like this, this is tied to you and this is tied to you. But Jeff, what's tied to us is we've got to get real serious about fantasy football. We already know we're down one. There will be no Cam Akers who was going drafted reasonably high for the fact that he didn't have a lot of full season production, but he did have that. What we remember those last couple of games for the Rams that were huge last season. He's out for the season. You'll have to look at Henderson. It'll be interesting to see if they bring someone else in. But Jeff, thank you so much for being part of the first mailbag back. You're like my best ever. I appreciate you so much. Well, there you have it. A full episode, episode number two, back from vacation, joined by Kay, who you can follow at just the letter K. Jeff for the mailbag portion of the podcast at Scrimp Daddy on social media. To all of you, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review my podcast. If you want to be a part of the mailbag, whether it is a random question, a fitness question, a what am I reading right now? something we're going to get into because I have been reading a lot. What am I reading? All of those things, send it to me and I'll be sure to add it in in the next mailbag segment at asklisaann at gmail. Thank you all so much for listening to my podcast. I absolutely love being a part of your week and a part of your conversation, chatting with you, all of these great things every Friday. You get it on YouTube at The Real Lisa Ann at 2 p.m. Eastern and then in your ear like I am right now on Wednesdays. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Lisa Ann Experience.